Hey guys, Matt here with episode 44 of the Chocolate Croissants podcast. Thank you for listening. Our guest this week is my very good friend, Mr. Eric Willis, who is also my tattoo artist. And coincidentally, our sponsor for this episode and a bunch of the upcoming episodes are our very good friends over at Nata Tattoo. Uh, welcome back, guys. Uh, it's good to have you on board again. Uh, for those that don't know, Nata Tattoo is a certified all-natural, all-vegan, and all-organic tattoo care brand. Their renowned tattoo care kit covers all steps from how to treat and protect your fresh tattoos to how to keep them healthy and looking great even when they are fully healed. So it is great to have them on board. Uh, Nata Tattoo are actually going to be showing their stuff at the upcoming uh, and following tattoo conventions over the next couple months. Uh, and we'll talk about this more in the coming episodes. But if you are in Philadelphia or in the near area and you're headed to the uh, Philly Tattoo Convention, you can catch them uh, February 9th through 11th at the Villain Arts Philly Tattoo Convention. Uh, if you are going to be at the Natural Products Expo West, uh, which is the um, sister event that uh, we met the guys at Nata Tattoo at on the East Coast, uh, that takes place March 9th through the 11th out on the West Coast. So check that out. We'll have some more of these events to talk about in the coming weeks. But for now, if you are in the Philadelphia or overall greater Pennsylvania uh, you know, mid-Atlantic area and want to check these guys out, please head over to the Villain Arts Philadelphia Tattoo Convention and uh, look for Nata Tattoo. So just briefly to let you guys know, uh, Justin and I met the folks over at Nata Tattoo while we were attending, as I mentioned, the Health Expo East uh, when it was here in Baltimore a few months back. And we had a chance to speak with Christy, who's the company's founder. And we were happy to learn that Nata Tattoo is a family company that she started because she was in search of the best products for her own children's sensitive skin. And she initially started her company, Pura Botanical, uh, which offered luxury bath products that were natural, safe, organic, and would not damage or harm your skin or other people's or specifically her own children's uh, sensitive skin. Um, and as her kids got older, they started getting tattoos. She wanted to make sure that there were products out there to help keep the tattoos and their skin nice and healthy and fresh. So she did some research, put together Nata Tattoo as her new company, and now offers the best all-natural tattoo care products on the market. Um, what I love about this company is that they really care about family. They are dedicated to the message behind things. So, and that's the reason why they're working with us. They really found value um, in the uh, in the content that we were putting out in these different episodes that we've been releasing through the Chocolate Croissants podcast medium. And we are very, very thankful to have them on board. These guys are huge into philanthropy. Uh, their goal has always been to create authentic products that work. Uh, and it's been built from a foundation of a mother's love. And we couldn't get behind them more for that. So Christy, Nick, and everybody else in Nata Tattoo, thank you for getting behind us. We are more than happy to have you guys on board as a sponsor. So whether you have existing tattoos or you're in the process of getting fresh ones now, uh, I would highly recommend giving Nata Tattoo a try. They've been kind enough to provide the Chocolate Croissants listeners, that would be you, with a discount code that gets you 25% off any of their products in their online store. So simply visit natatattoo.com. That's spelled N-A-T-A-T-A-T-2 the number two, .com, and you can use the code, all caps, CHOCOLATE25, all one word, uh, at checkout. Uh, you can also check them out on Instagram at Natatattoo, and that is N-A-T-A-T-A-T-2-2. -A -T -A -T 
two uh, on Instagram. And once again, your discount at natatattoo.com is chocolate25. Now, without further ado, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to bring you the episode that you've been waiting for. This is episode 44 with my tattoo artist, Mr. Eric Willis. He's got some great stuff to share. He's a funny motherfucker. Um, you know, he talks about his career as a tattoo artist, talks about his career as a professional dancer and dance instructor, uh, and digs into a ton of really, really good uh, stuff that I would consider to, to fall into the category of life lessons that we can all benefit from learning about and listening to him talk about. So uh, again, I'm going to shut up. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your ears. Um, and please enjoy episode 44 of the Chocolate Croissants podcast with Mr. Eric Willis. You can find him on Instagram right now at Drilled by Willis. Enjoy episode 44. Thanks, guys. Hey guys, Matt here. Welcome to episode 44 of the Chocolate Croissants podcast. I'm here with Jordan Goodman and Justin Goodman. Yes. That's what you got? That's what I got, man. I'm here. All right, cool. And then our guest tonight is uh, a very longtime friend of mine, someone who has put me through a lot of pain, but then given me a lot of pleasure. Wink, wink. Whoa. Who, who I met back when I was living in Pennsylvania. His name is Eric Willis. He, uh, he is a very, very well-known tattoo artist. Um, a lot of people locally in the Baltimore, Maryland, Pennsylvania region have visited him. Um, it seems like everywhere I go, somebody's got some artwork from you on their bodies, um, on their dicks. And Except other, Jordan and I. other body parts as well. You've tattooed some dicks, right? Two dicks. Whoa, Two. let's start there. I'm yeah, interested. let's start there. All right, how does that work? <laughs> well, do you have to shave it? I mean, kind of. Like, I want. I mean, it's, it's, so there's there's a little bit of prep work that I don't do in that situation. That's mm. uh, up to the client. You know, I'm not gonna sit there and be like, gonna do that big razor. No, I'm <laughs> no. Basically, I, I think I think uh, there was only one serious dick tattoo. The other one was uh, more or less like. A joke tattoo uh, back when I was riding motorcycles with Adrenaline Crew way, way back in the day. And that guy was, uh, his name is uh, Reckless Steve. Is this like Metal Militia? Um, basically, uh, I guess when Adrenaline Crew, I guess the, it was more or less like jackass on wheels. That's how Kenny would say it. And uh, But we did a lot of um, stupid, you know, stuff. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't that tattoo your name here? Yeah, so basically, in a sense, uh, we were at the tattoo shop one night, obviously getting some drinks in, and uh, Reckless Steve was like, I want to tattoo my dick. And I was, I was like, all right, go ahead. And I set it up for him. And then it was so funny because like, we were just sitting there, and I'm like, I was like, you won't, you won't. You know, like these are the things you would never expect to see. <clears throat> and like, so he's sitting there holding his wing off, his, his dong, his wing dingy. Is he a tattoo artist? No. Just no. a guy who's ready to tattoo guy. his yeah. wiener. And he didn't care. I mean, it was Reckless Steve. Um, uh, <laughs> He was reckless. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so like where where did this happen? Yeah. Top, bottom? Uh, it was on the top of his shaft. Um, basically, so he was about to do it. And we were sitting there and like everyone was sitting in anticipation. And you could see in Steve's hand, like his hand was just like shaking, you know, like the like the, the nerves are just like. And I was, I was like, dude, you're going to mess it up. Just 
you know, it was, it was funny because I had no intentions of tattooing his dick that night. But you know, like I was just saying, I was like, you're, "You're gonna, you're gonna mess it up. Just, just let me do it." And so, um, you can, uh, you can actually see that on video. I think in Adrenaline Crew Four, you can see me on video tattooing Steve's penis. Or is that is that on YouTube? At this I point? don't know if it's on YouTube. I mean, I know, I know they have, I know those teasels for it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the actual scene scene is on YouTube though. Is it you- on Pornhub? I don't know. <laughs> no, but you guys produced videos at the time, like Steve-O was putting out, and like all, a lot yeah. of the Jackass guys. Yeah, basically, I'm, uh, I'm, um, we we would uh, so those tattoo Dan and myself, uh, we were the tattoo artists of the groups. Um, uh, we rode, but we didn't ride as heavy as those guys. You know, like those guys yeah. were doing super crazy stunts, high speed stunts. You know, they got arrested multiple, multiple times. I can I, actually it's so funny because when I started hanging out with Dan. I think Dan and I met over a beer pong table. Within the first week, we were living and walking together. And I think I had about $1,400 in fines within the first week. And that's how like all relationships started off. And then, you know, the, we did all the filming. We did so much filming in the tattoo shops. We did so much filming. And it was actually kind of cool because, you know, like as, as being a young guy, you're like, you know, anyway, you, put, you bring out a video camera and like people are going to do some stuff. Like, like they're like, you know, it's, it's kind of like back then it was like, you know, this was before like do it for the vine. Like you're just stupid. You're like, this is going to be on a DVD. I'll do anything. Right. Sacrifice my life. Right. I think you jo- know? Jordan can relate to this because literally like he spent years of his life with one friend just videotaping like, everything. Middle school and high school. And mm-hmm. college. Well, in college we had a band. So it made sense to create content before there even was uh, like a YouTube or a Facebook where you could easily upload stuff. Yeah. But I mean, I, we used to go to... Like the mall with a camcorder. Yeah, and it took effort though. You know, like to do anything. You know, like you had a. Well, I just got into droning now, and it's so funny because like, you have all this time, and you're like, oh, you can get so many shots, but you're really limited at the times because you're like, you have 20 minutes of flight. So like to do this and that, you're like, you have days where you're like, okay, I'm just gonna do this, but like if you're actually trying to film something, actually, you know, produce something, you know, like you have 20 minutes of time set up. Where's your sun at? You know, like what 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 what's the best colors in the sky or whatever? You know, like you have to think about shadows, everything. Has so much to do with that, you know. So to to do good production, yeah, you got to do all types of stuff. A lot of planning involved. But so going back for a second, speaking of tattoo Dan, um, you guys are still good friends. Oh yeah. And you're about to travel the world. Well, not travel the world. You're about to travel all over Asia with him on yeah. motorcycles. Yeah, I'm gonna be going. So not much has changed. Oh no, I hang out with Dan all the time. <laughs> like Dan, I I probably see Dan more than anybody, and I probably get to see Dan maybe once or twice a year. Um, but when we do see each other, like it's for you know, at least two weeks. Well, this this one's a big trip. This was this is probably the biggest trip I've done with Dan. So, fingers crossed on that. What kind of bikes are we talking about? Uh, so Dan and I got uh, F800 GSs, uh, Adventure, the Adventure model, but the Beemles. So, uh, so it's basically a dual sport motorcycle. Um, did I say it's a Beemle? I'm so super high class. False Beemle. I got a Beemle. Watch out, you. ladies. Good for you <laughs> and your Beemle. <laughs> but wait, but you have a couple automobiles. I mean, you have your, yeah. you have the Jeep. Well, I mean, calls are calls, but I have a 1966 Lincoln Continental. I have a Jeep Wrangler. I have a 1965 Ford Econoline. Um, I mean, those are cause-wise. I mean, I'm still, I'm not collecting calls, but, you know, like, I like them. Um, my next dream call would be a 1959 Buick. Mm. It's going to be hot. All right. But um, I got the sailboat as well and uh, stuff like that. 
you know, going to do some things. Going to do, th- do some things before I die. Well, That's speaking good. of doing things before, before you die, and I don't want to get too far away from it. So you talked about Reckless Steve. That was the joke penis tattoo. Yes. But you said there was a second one that I'd assume was not a joke. All right, so the, uh, well, the, uh, the second one, which would be my false dick tattoo ever, was on this guy, Al, and uh, he was a gay dude, super nice guy. So, and he had uh, this tribal on his lower stomach. And so basically, um, uh, if you want to talk about leading lines on where they go on the body, and like you see, oh, tribal on the stomach. Oh, where's it go? <laughs> it was great. And it was it was funny because like that was like super you know like I was like also these these tattoos were done like years ago like you know like ten like before I met you yeah I mean I'm saying like they were like it was a long time so I was Are like, you saying like the quality wasn't as good no no the quality was fine it, it was just funny because like at that time I, I was still like a very young I was still young I was probably twenty one twenty two at the time something like that I don't know yeah hey, hell this was before I had throat tattoos so yeah it was a long time ago. Um, uh, and it was so funny because, like, you know, you sit there and, like, a lot of times when it comes to, like, to tattoos, like, like the, and tattooing dicks and shit, you know, like, it's like, I don't care, I'll do it. Because that's, like, that's one for the books. Like, that, that's something that I'll talk about constantly. And be like, oh, and this one time, you know, like, they, they're just stories you share. This is how you lead your first podcast interview. Yeah, it's dick tats. Eight minutes in. <laughs> it's a great way to lead it. It's, uh, it's, it's great icebreaker. Our listeners will hopefully get a kick out of this. Do you charge extra? Um, he charges less. Well, I'll be honest. Steve's I did for free. <laughs> Al's wasn't anything too crazy. Like, like I said, like honestly, like that tattoo probably only took like an hour because we're like we had the tribal already on his lower stomach, and like you know it was more or less you know like just to connect, and it went down the shaft just a little bit. So it wasn't anything crazy. And honestly, at this sense too, you're like, you know, that's you know, I, I didn't I didn't really care at the time because like I said, that was a story. You know, that was a story to tell. And so you know, like any any venture that you do, you know, like. When people talk about it, they hear about it. They're like, "Well, shit, I wanna, I wanna do that." And they're like, so like, you know, it's something to brag about, something to get your name out. So it was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll do, I'll do a, you know, a bang or tattoo, just you know, like to, you know, have somebody, you know, people you want to buzz, you know, to make you buzz, you know. So like, that's another thing for people to talk about, you know, and just be like, "Oh my god, you hear this?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah." <laughs> that's funny. Well, I remember when I met you, we were at um, what was the bar in in York? Um, was the karaoke one? Yeah. Uh, hold on. I was jamming upstairs. I feel like Matt, cobblestones. You, it was yeah, it was cobblestones. cobblestones yes. Yeah. So I we met that. at cobblestones, and we met because there was some one of your friends has the never-ending story tattoo. Yes, Troy Miles. Yeah, what up, Troy. Yeah, Troy had like Falcor going mm-hmm. down his arm, and I and the way that it was done, I thought it was awesome. I'd never seen a tattoo like that in person. Mm-hmm. Ever like the like the way that you didn't do line work. Mm-hmm. That's what I noticed. And then I asked him, I was like, hey, like, who does your work? And he was like, This guy. And you were you were definitely drunk. <laughs> and you always. were and you were playing up like <laughs> pretending to be Australian at the time. <laughs> like yeah. Can we get a taste of that? Oh, I mean, see, like, listen, what you're talking about is like, so when I came over the pond, you know, like, I don't know, it's like, it's the, actually the quite pond, funny. The pond is, is, is I know, it's, it's, no, but it's, I know, but I'm just saying like, it's, it's actually quite funny because like, you know, like, I always, but like most people probably have no idea. No, yeah. well, it, it's funny because like, actually, there's a funny story with the tattoo shop. Uh, there was this, uh, well, I'll call by our nickname. I don't really know what our name is, but we always used to call her Psycho Bitch because she had Psycho Bitch tattooed on her arms. I remember her. And I she think, was, did, wait, was I around for that? I don't know. I mean, this is back in Hanover days, so this is a good bit ago. And but anyway, so it was like so funny. And so like um, she would always come in, and she was she wasn't you know all veil, you know. 
And she was like, she's like, Where, where's, where's that one guy, that Australian boy? <laughs> and so, like, you know, like my coworker, Justin, he was like, he's like, he's like, oh, he's got this like really raspy voice. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, he got deported. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like his visa went out, you know, he got out, <clears throat> you know, he had to go back. And like within five minutes later, I walk in the door, he's like, oh, I guess he got back. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was like, uh, that was a, that was a great shot for Streetwalk. Like anybody that came in, like yeah, they had so many different people. That was, but I, I mean, I got tattooed by you at that shop, mm-hmm. and that was when you went back there, right? That yeah, that was first. after, because I, I did I did York for a while, then I traveled for a bit, then I did California, and then I came back, and then so it was a lot of traveling. Then that was that was back when I used to do like two months on, one month off, two right. months on. So I every you know walk two months and travel somewhere for a month and tattoo, and then. Do whatever, whenever, which I s- slowed down from. Yeah. When did you start that lifestyle? I guess I don't know. Um, once I realized I could, you know, like, it was it was funny. Like I guess, I guess when you were, uh, when I was jungle, it was like one of those things. Uh, all you cared about was doing tattoos. Well, all I cared about anyway. And uh, I would sit there and you know, like, yeah, I'd walk you know four ten hour days. And if I wasn't at the tattoo shop, then I was at another tattoo shop, or I was there. And then like you know like. I used to walk four days a week and then I used to walk seven days a week and then I just continued to walk seven days a week. And, you know, even even if I have cancellations now, I'll actually, you know, just go to another tattoo shop, just pop my head in. You know, I was at a tattoo shop yesterday, you know, just saying hi, you know, because I was over in Columbia, you know. So, you know, I just, tattooing is something that's always been there and I've always enjoyed. If, if, it, if it wasn't what I was doing, it was definitely like what other, other shops are doing and, you know, just... Keep it on the same plane, you know? Take it back to the beginning of the story. At what age did you decide tattooing was your thing? Um, um, <clears throat> well, basically, I, uh, <laughs> I guess, well, I started tattooing when I was in high school. I was 17. And um, I don't know. I guess, uh, I mean, it was, it was always kind of like my thing from 17. I've only had two jobs, like two legit jobs. And I was a dance instructor and a tattoo artist. And uh, the other job that I had was like a stock boy at Getty, but I don't really consider four months being a job. That was like a summertime thing. But uh, yeah, the uh, when I started tattooing, uh, yeah, it all, it all basically, it, I had I had a choice. I had a, I had a choice of being a uh, you know professional dancer, and then I had the choice of being a tattoo artist. And if you look at you know professional dancing, you really only have a certain amount of time, and then you're body starts giving out and you know like you don't have knees anymore and you don't have ankles and and then uh tattooing was it like once once i stopped my uh ballroom <laughs> i'm like so cool guys i swear to god <laughs> well, wait, wait you so were doing, but you were you were doing dancing? ballroom dancing you were doing what well, yeah else? i wasn't so i i taught hip-hop funk street break jazz gymnastics theater arts lifting and adagio basically um um but my partner alex and i uh we did adagio, which is like what they do on uh, ice skating, but in ballroom. So it was like all lifts. And Alex was awesome. She was a sweetheart. We danced probably, I think I started dancing with her when she was 10. So we won nationals four years in a row. And then when she finally turned 18, we went pro pro. But that's when the actual dancing stopped because uh, she went off to college. And then I was very spiteful about that. You know, was this before or after? And and you know, tell me if you don't remember these references. But Wade Robson had his own show on MTV. He was the choreographer, like NSYNC and Britney Spears, and whatnot. Spiky blonde hair guy, and he looked like the dude that was in uh, You Got Served. Remember that movie? I want to say, yeah, I mean, I do. I do remember the movie. I want to say that 
It, this was before that for sure. Because I would feel like that may have given you more of an umph to say like, oh, maybe I can pursue this if I do choreography. Um, you, I mean, with dance, like you have to, you really have to stand out like crazy, crazy. And I mean, like, and if you're that passionate about it, it's great. Um, but if you really think about it, like, I think like when it came down to it, I was I was going off of like incomes, you know, like it was, I was like, oh well, if you're like, unless you're like do, all doing choreography, Britney Spears and you know, yeah, something Aguilera, major, like like huge, huge, like that, you're not doing anything crazy. Like I mean, maybe thirty five, forty a year. And I don't want to stop there. And, and to be honest, and you're you're dealing with you know, classes of, you know, ten to twenty, thirteen year old kids. Right, and you got to so, deal with the parents. And, then, oh, yeah. and and to be successful, you'd really have to have like a school. Yeah, you 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 would want to have a studio so right. you could make money off of uniforms. You could make money off of you know competitions. You you can make a lot of money if you have your own studio. But you know that's that. But right. at that young age, when you started taking dance seriously. Uh, was it a parent that suggested it? Were you naturally attracted to it? I mean, I danced. I danced all the time. Like I, I, I was a breaker. You know, I, I thought I thought break dancing was cool. So I got a. Basically, it all started uh, High School Musicals. Uh, there was a uh, there was a girl that I had a crush on, and uh, she asked me if I was gonna be in the musical. And of course, I was like, eh, you know, no. And then uh, then she was like, oh, I'm going to do it. And I was like, well, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do it. Hey, you know, no bigs. <laughs> <laughs> and that turned into a possible career path. No, well, and it was, was, what, what was funny about it, because I had, you know, natural talent. And then um, um, and then the lady who was doing the choreography for the plays and musicals, uh, that was uh, Mary Mock. She owned MGM Dance Studios in Shrewsbury. And she was like, well, hey, you know, like, we're looking for male dancers, you know, for, for co-ed dances and so on and so on. Um, if you'd like to do it, it's free. And so... I'm all about that free wagon, you know. <laughs> so I did it, and then uh, that that same year I was doing competitions, uh, winning competitions, and then I started instructing that same year too. Um, uh, so it was it was, uh, it was a lot different. It was it was cool. I, I, I enjoy dance. I I don't really dance much anymore because I feel like uh, at the time I was in like competition groups and I was doing. I took dance very serious. Like I, I put two holes in the uh, the studio's walls. That was actually a funny story. Miss Mary would appreciate this, but it was like so funny. Uh, we were going through the class, and I got frustrated, and I punched a hole through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, like that came out of my, you know, like my paycheck and stuff. And <laughs> but uh, she was like, she whipped me up, and she's like, "What do you want to do?" It's like, you know, it's, it makes me think of days and confused. I was like, I was like, I want to dance. I just want to dance. You know, it was, like, <laughs> but it, was, it was a very real moment. But like now, when I look at it now, I was like, look at, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> So th this is a good opportunity for a question. Uh, we take questions from those in our private Facebook group. Okay. And uh, for those listening who don't know about it, facebook.com slash groups slash chocolate croissants. Uh, we have, we're nearing 1,600 members, and usually every week uh, we open it up to all of you to ask questions to our guests. And Bruce Palmer from Lowell, Massachusetts, which is a longtime home of Ring of Honor, uh, he asks, were you always artistically inclined um, and he's interested, do you work or are you interested in working, uh, with other mediums? Um, uh, I would, I would have to say that I was always artistically inclined. Um, I'm definitely a Renaissance guy. Um, love music, love poetry, love, well, obviously poetry, lyrics, everything like that. Um, uh, singing was always fun. Dancing was always there. Um, I remember drawing from a very, very young age. I have to give my mom credit for that too. Uh, she was an artist as well. She did a lot of uh, pottery. She did a lot of clay sculpting. 
stuff like that. That was her jam. And uh, so she always pushed me to to do whatever. You know, I had plenty of art supplies every Christmas. And uh, but I, I realized I was good at drawing probably like sixth grade. I did a really sweet picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger because <laughs> he was like, he was, he was a shit back then, you know? And, uh, but I was like, that was a, uh, that was definitely one of those things. And yeah, like uh, medium wise, uh, I don't really do too many other mediums anymore. Um, once my day's done, I'm done. I don't, you know, it's, it's just work. Um, um, if I had more free time, I'd probably dabble more. But uh, since I've been walking pretty much steady all the time, uh, I haven't done much. I just kick back and relax my back. And then, uh, so talking about working seven days a week, it seems like you have been that way now for at least a decade since I've known you. Yeah. And I think you and I met in 2005. I'm pretty sure two thousand probably 2005. So it's been close to, I mean, 13 years Mm -hmm. of knowing each other working, you know, you working on me off and on for that Mm. period of time. And since I've known you, you've been that busy. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, I'm just, I, I grind, uh, I mean, I grind, no business, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I'm, uh, you know, like, it's it's quite funny because, like, when you have different things, you have, like, so many ideas of what you can possibly do. Um, it's it's a, it's a very competitive field also. Um, uh, for instance, like, you know, like, being self-employed, you know, either I can get money from my client or I could push that off and they could give the money to somebody else. So, like, instead of, you know, like, having the day off, you know, it's like, all right, t- have the day off or make a couple hundred bucks. I'm going to walk. So you know? yeah, and and I know you've talked to me about you know that sort of drive, that voice inside your head, where it's like when you have the opportunity to have a day off, it's like mm, do I want to have a day off, or should I put out there like, hey, I have an opening? And typically, I see you do that, where you'll be like, hey, yeah. I'm open, quick, fill it up. Unless I have plans, unless I have like a go-to fallback, or whatever, you know, it's like, all right, what am I going to do on a day off? Oh, I could do laundry. Oh, I could sit and watch TV. It's like that's what I'm going to do tonight. You know what I mean? So as I just don't want to waste the day. Yeah. You know, and days off are expensive. I was just at REI yesterday. Mm-hmm. Climbing? No, I was buying stuff for the trip. Oh, okay. Yeah. Freaking 700 some odd dollars. That's different though. You're going on like a two, three month I don't care. Trip. I don't care. <laughs> so wait, so if you didn't take a day off, you wouldn't have spent the money? Would exactly. You, would you I not have shit to take with you, you on the trip? You just said whatever? You would have made that. I, I would have made I would have made more money, but I, I I know I was like you know I was, I'm down to the last week here in the states before I head, and now I just I was like all right, so I went through like a little panic mode, you know what I mean? I was like oh I only got a week left, I need oh. everything, you know, and then like you know you just sit there and you're like uh uh well what if what if? And I was like gonna go like so si- simplicity on this trip, I'm like I'm gonna take a pair of shorts, two pairs of pants, and like five t-shirts, and you know then you're like well what if that's not enough? You know like because like we're going through so many different climate changes over there, so it's like. I was like, you know, fantasizing like, oh shit, I'm going to be there on this motorcycle with my board shorts from 19, whenever, you know, I got these like, you know, like knee high boots looking like an idiot. And I was like, so I was like, I was like, all right, well, I got to do some things. So I, it was uh, some impulse buys, but you know, I got some stuff and thank you, REI. So I, I, I <laughs> to, to change the subject a little bit, I, I do have a question for you that's back, um, directed back towards your work. And I've, I think we've talked about this privately, but I'm, I'm curious about, and I think other people would be curious about this. So when you work seven days a week, you have clients that are coming to you and they're saying, hey, Willis, I want this tattooed. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure there's a handful, 
if not maybe more of these tattoos that you're like, fuck yeah, this is going to be awesome. I'm stoked about tattooing this. But do you ever really get an opportunity to express something that you're really into or or like exercise that creative muscle (laughs) of your own um, from a point of inspiration on a client um, who's willing to let you do that? Well, it's always strange. Um, uh, so when I started tattooing, I was still in high school. So in high school, we had projects. So you had projects of like, okay, we'll draw this or draw that. And then once I actually got into tattooing, then you had more projects because you know, like you're facilitating for your client. Um, every now and then, um, and I feed off of that too as well because you know, like even though like you know, have some people like are like, oh, well, it's your artwork; you should do whatever you want. But I'm not the one wearing it. You know what I mean? So I really have to you know, focus on my clients' needs and what they actually want and, you know, hopefully live up to their expectations. Um, I kind of, it's it's funny too, but at the same time, I, I wish in a sense I was more of a risk taker, you know what I mean? Not like risk taker, but, you know, like where I'd like trying to like force my will on somebody more. But at the same time, you know, like, like a lot of things I'd love to tattoo, I would almost have to like give away, you know, unless, and like you have to have a like specific type of clientele for that. Um, uh, but you know, like, like the tattoo on my leg that we've never finished. <laughs> yeah, leg tattoos, hold man. <laughs> what is that tattoo, Matt? It's an army mask, right? Ani mask. Yeah, it's a Japanese uh, ani mask it's on your calf. On my calf, that I think I came over. It was when you were tattooing at the house in, in New York. I came mm-hmm. over, and I don't remember what we were supposed to do. We were sitting around hanging out, and uh, <laughs> you were like, "I kind of want to tattoo this thing," and I just volunteered. I was like, I'll, "You can do it." Do it on my leg. And I didn't know how painful for me it would be to get a calf tattoo. And I mean, some people have higher pain tolerance in different parts of their body. For me, that was definitely the most painful tattoo that you've ever done on me. I, I think I think, I think, think a lot of guys uh, will, will agree with you there. I, I think it's quite funny because <clears throat> you can sit there and you're like, all right, you know, like, Legs, I mean, as as guys, you know, like, uh, for instance, we don't shave our legs. You know, like, usually we always have pants on. Like, they're not exposed to the elements. The skin itself is tight. I remember when I was getting my calves tattooed, and uh, my co-uncle Kalen was tattooing me, and I could do nothing but laugh about it. And I was like, you know, in a blowed-out state, I was like, you're not even moving it. You know what I mean? It just felt like she was just digging in the same spot. Yeah. And I was just like, ugh. But it was, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's one of those things. I, I know a lot of guys that, don't like getting the calves tattooed or legs in general, but some people don't mind. I don't know. Is there something lately that you've been really excited about to tattoo or, or have there been any of the ideas that you've had where you've been able to put it on somebody? I don't know. I'm uh, I actually did a pretty sweet nun the other day. My boy Steve. Oh, from like from the, the, the conjuring, the, the Valak. Oh, yeah, Valak. Valak. We just yeah, saw yeah. that on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And it, was, it was it was so funny because like we were sitting there and uh, you know, so obviously we we did one sleeve and now we're doing. I think the more and more tattoos you get, the less you care about what you get. You just want more of them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not to say that for Steve. I mean, obviously, but we're, we're working on his arm and you know, so we're putting all this stuff together on his arm. He was like, he's like, look at this. I was like, oh, that'd be dope. You know, and like, mm-hmm. sure enough, our appointment came by and he was like, he's like, well, I don't know, and I'm like. Do it, <laughs> you know. I mean, I was like, and uh, he was, was like, "All right, let's do it." And of course, he's uh, you know, like, I think he has like a, a four and two year old or two and three year old child. And he's got this pretty gnarly, you know, looking nun on it's him. It's scary. Yeah, I mean, it's it's dope. It's dope. But yeah. you know, like as a kid though, you see that and you're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, I've scared some kids with the work we've done on my mm-hmm. right arm for sure. Heck yeah, you know, it's good. That the first one, 
that we did on that arm. That's a kind of an interesting story. So you were in LA and mm. you got asked to tattoo at a nightclub. Remember that? Oh my gosh. That was a long, 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 long yeah. time ago. How long ago was that? 20, 2006? Probably? I have no idea. I, I completely forgot about that. I yeah. remember, I'm, uh, well, we oh were both we were, we were both in LA at the time. And if I recall, you got asked to be, you were like, you were part of the entertainment. Yeah. Know, like in, in this nightclub, there was an area that was sectioned off and, yeah, it's like um, a VIP section. That's where we tattooed. Section. Right, you were you were tattooing, but you hit me up and you were like, "Listen, I don't want to tattoo some rando that I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to go down. Um, if you come out, you know, I'm not going to charge you, and we can do something, whatever you want." And mm-hmm. at the time, I was reading a lot of those like vampire, like Thirty Days of Night. Can't can't hate it, man. Books, yeah, it was, awesome books, it awesome was, movie cool. too. But still, to this day, I think that what is what can be broken must be broken. <laughs> It's my favorite tattoo still. And we only got the black and white done mm-hmm. or black and gray done at um, that night. But mm-hmm. you got the whole outline done. And then I think I met up with you back at home mm-hmm. afterwards. Put some more color on, yeah. yeah. But that's probably my favorite tattoo by you. It does look good. I like it. Thank you. Do you have good, you have good <laughs> pictures of these you can share? I think you have, a, you have a picture of that one on your Instagram. I'm not, I don't even know. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. If, if you were to do the pieces that you want to do, what kind of stuff would you do? All right, well, I'm such a sucker for uh, classic 80s and 90s like underdog movies. Um, so I don't know. I want to do Chunk. I, I want to do Chunk from the from the Goonies doing the Truffle Shuffle. That like to me that that's like an emotional tattoo and like that's like a, like fuck yeah. You someone know, like, someone listening is going to definitely That's what I'm thinking. And I know yeah, of course. Well, and there's another thing too as well. Um, uh, and then from the movie The Sandlot, uh, when they finally get the ball and then it's like, you know, like I think it's all eight or nine of them down and they're like the ball's looking back at them and you see like the, all the faces are like, and, oh, like, ah, like that, like that was like a really great shot I'd love to do. And I don't know, like. I feel like so many people want to get yeah, but, spits, right? Well, squints. Or squints, squints, squints. rather. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, tattooed, I feel like a lot of people like to get those tattoos. Yeah. Well, he, he did make out with Mary Pumpernickel or whatever one name is. Wendy. Wendy. Wendy? Oh, okay, Wendy. That was some fucked up shit he pulled at the pool, right? I don't care, man. That's Moxie. That was awesome. <laughs> just just think of like all like the goals like back in the day, like, oh, if I only did that, you know, like, oh, like if I only took that chance and fucking he did it, man. And like just just him at the little diving ball with his little buckle knees, like fucking like. And he, and he ended up he ended up marrying her. Yeah, I know. And they had like seven it. kids. Right. Or something, you know? They had their own baseball team themselves. Yeah. You know, so that's awesome. Yeah. He took the chance, Matt. If if you had to get one of the guys, which one would you get? Uh, from the Sandlot. Yeah. I would get the dog. The Zeus. True. Zeus. Yeah, Jordan. Zeus. Jordan. Uh, I'd probably get the. Uh, the only one that sticks out is like the fat ginger kid. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, the right. catcher. You the play catcher. ball like a god. Yeah. <laughs> the, the great Hambino. Yeah, dude. Yeah. The dude from the Sandlot. Yeah, or not that. No, for um, son-in-law. I want. Yeah, yeah. He's the he's the brother and son-in-law. I wonder. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot His of our face listeners. Still looks the same, by the way. A lot of Does. our listeners yeah. great. are younger. So if you guys haven't seen these the movies like yeah. Son-in-Law, Sandlot, The Goonies, definitely check that out because it's this is all yeah. part of it. Heavyweights. Awesome. Check out Heavyweights. 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 That's Ben Stiller. Yeah. yeah. The camp counselor. Tony Perkins. Tony Perkins. And what is, what is that other one? Um, uh, what was that football game? Uh, the football one. Little Giants. Little Giants. Yeah, Little Giants. Intimidation. Barana. Yeah, I mean, like, they, were like, they were just... Icebox. Yeah, t- for me, there was just like so many good movies back then. Like when movies were still like movies and they still had like the... They had, they still had, you know, everything that they wanted to do or could do. You know, what I mean, have you been, uh, have you 
done any Stranger Things tattoos? No, not yet. I mean, does that Hold on, does wait, that speak I? to you? Eighties nostalgia. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I thought that was a great TV show. Um, um, I'd be surprised if you if if you haven't, but well, I'm sure it'll it's, come. It's one of those things, you know. Like I can only like you know when it comes to walking, you know, like I'm uh, I can only I can only do what's asked of me. You know what I mean? Like I really can't like put something out and be like, hey guys, I'd really like to. Tell-. I mean, like then it's just like I don't know. It's it's I I I wouldn't feel like asking that. You know, it's, what I mean? it, yeah, I can see how that'd be a little gauche. But then again, there's certain friends I think. Well, I mean, who, I tattooed squints on uh, an ass. You did? Yeah, my boy James. Heck yeah. He's a nice wanna, guy. Did you that post on that Instagram? on Instagram? Yeah, that's on Instagram. Instagram. I, I think he, I saw it. It was yeah. funny because he actually like mooned. He mooned the camel when he was on TV. And mm. then like, how do we post it? it For cool. those listening right now, Instagram, it's drilled by Willis. Yes. W-I-L-L-I-S. Yep. Drilled by Willis on Instagram. Really incredible work. It's all right. It's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> decent. Pretty you know, decent. Uh, I was talking yesterday about how creatives are typically their own worst critics, and I don't think ever once in the time that we've worked together, I've heard you or seen you be like, "Fuck yeah, I'm so stoked on this." Never once. We finished up a tattoo, and you're like, "Yeah, I mean, it looks all right. It looks good. I hope you're happy with it, but you know, whatever." I, I, I think what I say, I was like, I always say it's a start. That's something I always say. And I was like, it's a start. It's a start. Okay, so the times that that we've worked together that have always been the most productive, lasted like the longest as far as the sessions go, and have been the most fun, are the times when music is a part of it. Like, I mean, you always listen to music. Yeah, music's huge. But 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 when we've when we've like tapped into really good records, or when you put on shit that that like gets you going, that's when you work your best. And I remember. When I introduced Twenty One Pilots to you, oh, that's awesome. Um, I was like, "Yeah, check out the lyrics," and then that was it. You were like, you were "Yeah," hooked. but that was like that was one of our like one of my favorite sessions with you because I felt like, and and this is interesting for for creative people. There a lot of, and I'm sure this goes for Jordan and Justin too. Like, our minds can be very active. So what was interesting to me is that you're tattooing me and you're very focused on the tattoo, mm-hmm. but your ear. Is focused on the oh, lyrics constantly. and the melody, and you're singing and you're getting into it, and it's just it's so multi. There's just so many things going on at once. Well, I have ADD like like no other. You know, I I can start a conversation and finish it in two hours. Be like, that's it. You know, like well, that's what we were talking about. Like what? And I was like, you were there. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, like so many times, like, and I think like one of my biggest pet peeves is because I have so much going through my head already, and like especially when you have music on, and then you know. Uh, you know, I hear, I'll hear other sounds, like you know, like for instance, like cell phone rings or like text messages or like somebody's playing a video on the phone, and then I have the music in the background, and then I have what's going on in my head, and it's like so much, and you're just like, can you just put that on silent? You know, just put it on silent. That's right, all. it's already loud enough that <laughs> yeah. with, with the buzz of the tattoo machine too. Mm. I mean, I think. Well, the pro- new one, the new one, I got a, I got a vote right now. It's not, it's pretty quiet. Is it? Oh, that's good. It's like. Mm. <laughs> what else does that sound like? Mm. That sounds good. All the old school tattoo artists call it a dildo. It is true. It does look like a dildo. But that's why it... I call I call mine the bronze bullet because it's kind of copper like. <laughs> does it work? Yeah, it works awesome. That's one day, awesome. one day, one day it'll happen. I'll pleasure somebody with that tattoo machine. What up, ladies? Goal? Yeah, there you go. What up, goal? Ladies, pay attention. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, totally different subject again, uh, and. Hopefully this is cool to talk about. A lot of people don't know this about you, but you had 
some serious health shit go down when you were younger. No. Yeah, I did. Okay. Okay. But there's a reason I'm bringing this up because we've talked about this and I know it sort of framed your state of mind. Um, you had open heart surgery at what yep. age? I had, well, I was fresh out the womb. Okay. Yeah, I'm uh, basically in a sense, uh, I was born in Hamilton, New York, airship to Albany. Uh, I had uh, all types of heart surgery. I had five doctors with the name Eric. My name was already picked out before the uh, before I was born. And then uh, I had 16 medical students watching over it as well. It was a pretty big deal. Uh, basically, I'm a... Uh, yeah, I mean, lots and lots of lots of heart surgery. Um, uh, they took veins out of my legs. Uh, they flayed me open. Uh, you know, they that only cut from my Adam's apple to my belly button. They got my rib cage open. I mean, I was I was I was pretty done up. Um, uh, but it was cool. You know, like uh, I don't know. It's always funny. Like one of those things that actually get me is because uh, they told my father like, well, he's gonna die tonight, or he's gonna die on the operating table. And because uh, at this time they, they didn't really have much to go off of, and my father was like, "Well, you know what? <laughs> if he's gonna die, he's gonna die fighting." And I'm like, "Fucking toot toot, here I am." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, and I, I I could be mistaken, but did they put in a pacemaker? Yeah, I've had a pacemaker since I was three, so I was on medication. So basically, when I was born, I was a blue baby. Uh, so my heart beat so repeatedly that it could no, and also my heart. Is backwards, so my upper right ventricle and lower right ventricle are switched. So I had the uh, the muscle procedure, the black top procedure. So what I have is actually called the transposition of the great arteries. And uh, so they uh, took veins out of my legs, brought them up to my chest. Um, basically, they made like uh, I guess canals in like the the walls of my heart. I don't know. It was a whole bunch of shit. And uh, so basically, I was on medication for a while. And I got a pacemaker at three. And I got my second pacemaker, I guess, in maybe in fifth or sixth. I don't know, maybe middle school. I'm not sure. And then my second one just died when I was 21. Or, yeah, 21. Mm. So that was 14 years ago. Did you have to have a third surgery? or no, I, haven't surgery? Been to, I haven't been to Hopkins since. So you've been fine? I just, yeah, I just, well, I told him. <clears throat> it was funny. I was at I was at the tattoo shop, and uh, you know when you get excited and you're like your chest is just out to heal and you're just like, you know, like just and like my heart was like, you know, you know, it was like yeah. crazy, like very very different. And I was so I called my mom automatically because I thought I was dying, <laughs> and uh, uh, so they were like, all right, when you like that, so I called my mom. I was like, I was like, hey, you know, like schedule something up at Hopkins. You know, something's not right. You know, went down the next day. And they said, like, all right, well, this is where your heart's beating. And, you know, this is, you know, where your pacemaker's trying to beat. And, you know, so on and so on. And I told them. At this time, I, like, I finished my bucket list of things I wanted to do. I, like, lost my virginity. I, <laughs> you know, I became I a tat. Yeah, I was Done. like, fucking put it in. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but at that time, you know, like, honestly. Bucket list sense, of one. You know, as you know, I, I I didn't have like many crazy goals then. You know, I, I already did a lot of the things that I wanted to do. You know, like I was, hell, I won nationals four years in a row. I became a tattoo artist. You know, like um, uh, lost my virginity to Aaron. What's up, Aaron? And uh, hell yeah, she was hot. She's hot. She's still this hot. She's married and has kids. What's up? 
Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> what's the what's up for her kids? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I like her post all the time on Instagram. I like seeing her son get older. He's pretty cool. Um, uh, but yeah, like I'm um, at that time, like, I, I didn't care. Like I felt like, you know, because like, my whole life, you know, even through all like the Hopkins things, you know, like I'm, um, you know, you have surgery and like as a little kid, you have no idea. Like I was, I was like one of those kids. Like when I went to the swimming pool, like I never went, I, I never took my t-shirt off because I had like all these scars on my chest. And, you know, I didn't want to, like, uh, like, expose myself and, like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, like, eventually you just kind of get, like, you don't care about it anymore. You know what I mean? It's, it's funny now because some people are like, I never knew that. And I was like, well, I never would tell it. I would never talk about it. But, you know, like, when I was younger, they were like, oh, like, oh well, you know, like, you might be, you know, like, you might live to 10. You might make 15. You know, then you make 15. And then you're like, oh, well, you might make 20. And, like, so the whole time I was like, you know, like, oh, well, fuck all. Like, I'm this is, I mean, like. I mean, I grew up with the the mentality like I'm not gonna live forever. You know, you don't have this, you know, which which in a turn was a blessing, I guess, in a sense, because you know, like like so many people are like, oh, I'll do it next year. And like, I was like, I'm doing it now. You know, what I mean, like, you know, I I went <clears throat> so much stuff, and then like, uh, I mean, when my pacemaker died um, uh, at Hopkins, they're like, oh, well, you know, should we really do this? And I was like, I don't want another one. And I told him, I was like, I don't want another one. They're like, oh, well, you know, like you're young, you know, you got so much to live for, <laughs> like da da da. And uh, so then they put a hot holder on me. So I had like a hot holder, which is like a giant pager. Then I had like 16 to 20 of those little sticky things. And I asked them, I was like, well, hey, can this thing get wet? And they're like, no, you shouldn't get it wet. And I was like, well, I'm going wakeboarding tomorrow at Smith Mountain Lake. You know, like I was like, so, you know, like I'm taking it off. You know, they're like, we'll just wait for 24 hours and, you know, FedEx it back to us, you know. And I was like, all right, you know, cool. So, I had to like to write down everything I was doing, and at this time I was like actually like pretty like pretty down on myself because you know like you don't have like little sticky things all over your chest and being like things are going good, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're like <laughs> things are looking up, yeah. And uh, but yeah, I did that for 24 hours. Uh, went down with my good friend Jeff down uh, to Smith Mountain Lakes. You know, we went wakeboarding, uh, scoffing, and uh, kneeboarding. We went fishing, you know, drank beers, you know, fed- FedExed it back to him. I didn't hear anything. So like two weeks go by, and I was like, "Should I just call him?" You know, and because I kept anticipating on what might be, and uh, so I finally called him, and uh, they're like, "Oh yeah, Mr. Willis," and I was like, "Yeah, I sent that in, you guys. You know, you guys got, never got back to me." I'm like, "Oh well, as of right now, you know, like, you know, you're looking pretty good. Come back in six months." And I was like, "All right." So I went to Hopkins. They charged me like fourteen hundred dollars to tell me that I was okay to come back in six months. Now my pacemaker's still in there, but it's been dead for fourteen years. Wow! And I haven't been to Hopkins since. So, so okay, I mean, obviously you you showed them, yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but I think in knowing you, um, your mentality is still very much the same to live every day the way you want to live, and that yeah. definitely is is who you are when I think <sighs> of you, and I think. It's now I know for for a fact based on many conversations with you that your bucket list is not checked off at this point. Now you have a new well, bucket I don't, list. I don't. I don't. I. Don't, I, th- I, th- I think once you like you know like I think I think it's just with anything like once you like you know like fill your cup up you know you empty it out you give it back and then you know you start again. Um, I think one of the things uh, even with this motorcycle trip uh, coming up with Dan, you know I never dreamed about going to Asia. Like I, I watched uh, the Netflix documentary like Wild China, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's awesome!" And like, so we're doing this thing to you know to Asia, and uh, we're not even going to China. <laughs> I'm like, what the what the hell? You know? And I was like, 
But like, so yeah, I mean, like the bucket list, I mean, the bucket list is kind of finished for everything that I've done. But I've I've changed the bucket list to fuck it list. You know what I mean? Like there's there's plenty of things that you can possibly do, whether it be for fun or anything. So, you know, like, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm all about it. I mean, like you should kind of take any opportunity that you have and experience it, you know, whether it's good or bad, you know, so. I don't know. I'm really glad you shared the story uh, with your heart because it makes your life story a lot clearer for me, mm-hmm. um, especially with just having this urgency just to do the shit you want to do while you have the time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious. So you said the scar was what from like your neck all the way down? Yeah, they cut me from my Adam's apple to my belly button, which is a lot smaller now. I think that was like 115 stitches when I was a kid. Um, um, but now it's just like, you know, like… Like this big now. Cut heel, cut heel, cut heel, cut heel, cut heel, cut through heel. So Willis is pretty much pointing to like all areas of his torso and arms. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, was was getting tattooed part of that? Um no, not I don't know. I I, I was just thinking tattooing was cool. I mean, I'm not heavily tattooed, like for nothing. Like I I mean I have my throat done and I have my legs done a little bit a little bit, but you know, like I have some work on my chest, but uh, I don't know. It's it's quite funny because you know, like maybe when I was a kid, I used to think about getting everything covered up, but you know, then you also have to think too as well. Like if you get it covered up, but you know, if you have to go into surgery again, you know, then you're going to be playing like, oh, let's connect these lines, and it's like that's it's not going to work out that way. Um, and to be honest, I mean, like if you have scars, I mean, like you should pretty much show them, you know, because that like that's a story itself. I mean, I think, you know, I think I think one of my favorite scars is on my arm, you know, just because. Uh, because I wrecked my motorcycle. You know, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't a lot of people get their scars covered up with tattoos? And I like I've seen um, yeah. tons of stories of this. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, you have to think I'm um, a lot of scars are insecurities to people. You know what I mean? So, um, especially like females. I'm a, if you want to go like cosmetic tattooing, you know, like you have like, or, you know, like you're looking to you know cover your stretch marks, or you're co- looking to cover your tummy tuck. You know, you're looking to cover this and that. So, I mean. There's, there's a lot of sense, you know, like, you know, it, it is all possible, but, you know, that's all, you know, particular for the person, you know, so, um, um, I don't know. I, th- I think if you, I mean, it, it's a little bit more difficult to tattoo over them, you know, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, cosmo- I mean, cosmetolic, like, cosme- cosmetic tattooing is completely different. Well, not completely different, but, you know, just another standstill of, like, how, how you want it. I've tattooed nipples. That's cool. Is that uh, is this like a breast cancer thing? Yeah, yeah. She said I was the, the best. The best you ever had. <laughs> yeah. Was that anything in association with? Is it Little Vinny's Vinny who is tattooing? Oh well, Vinny's known for it, right? Yeah. Like, was that anything to do with that? No. Um. Uh, basically, I I see. I think a lot of times, like um, uh, I can see Vinny doing it. You know, like Vinny's been tattooing for a long, 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 long time. Um, and he's like booked. Oh yeah, on, like full on for people. Yeah, he, he's who just doing had, nipple tatties. Yeah, all day. Yeah, breast cancer survivors. Yeah, um, um and I'm props to him, man. I, I forget who he linked up with, but you know, he he got a good deal out of that. You know, and the good thing, you know, like, you know, um, but the girl that I did, um, I think she got, I think she got actually tattooed by our doctor. And I think when it comes down to it, you know, like, you know, you, everybody has their own professions and everybody has their own like skills. And uh, I think, you know, without really knowing skin or doing this or that, you know, I, I don't think she was, it just wasn't done well, you know. And then luckily I was, you know, like we, we were able to walk through it. 
that was a pretty fun story because I mean I don't I don't want to be known for cosmetic tattooing. You know, that's not what I want to do. Um, uh, but uh, I have no problem. Like if somebody asks me to do it, of course, you know, yeah, I'll be there. But I don't want to advertise it. When you go back to the beginning of your story, when you first started tattooing, did you tattoo in a like? Did you go the classic route of like the apprenticeship and yes. like having to draw all day long? Uh, I, I I call the apprenticeship the shit ladle. Um, so I was seventeen. Basically, okay. The, the I would say I would say funny story with me actually uh, getting into tattooing. I thought tattooing was a shit. I thought it was awesome. I thought I thought everybody was like tattoo guys were like so cool. Now that I am one. I'm like we're losers. Um, uh, not just kidding. I will. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, no, like so we got in. Uh, How do you really feel? No, I mean tattooing's pretty cool, man. I, I like it a lot. You know, like it's a it's a great job. It's a it makes me feel great. Um, uh, but I remember also there was this guy Brian Voodoo Fuentes, and uh, he was this Mexican cat from Texas, and uh, so he was working in Hanover, and uh, I, I, I would I would consider myself a shop rat, like um, uh, so I would just hang out at the tattoo shop because I thought tattoo shops were cool. And then um, I guess it's someone that I was actually, you know, trying to get in there. Like so, I was I was, I was like, yeah, if you guys ever need any help, just let me know. And they're like, well, actually, we, you know, we're looking for a female. And I'm like, well, that's sexist. <laughs> and so, uh, of course, you know, like went on. And then I came back, and there was this gorgeous, gorgeous brunette walking. I'm saying like she was hot. And I'm like, I'm a cocky, arrogant kid. And I thought I could get any girl. And of course, ones I thought in college, and I was like in my, you know. Whatever sophomore, senior year in high school, or junior year in high school, I don't even know. And uh, and I was like, yeah, you know, I was talking to her, you know, like trying, like I was like cool, and I wasn't, I was stupid. And uh, and I was like, yeah, I was gonna get a job here, but uh, they were looking for a female. Looks like uh, looks like you got it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, smooth man. Yeah, anything I could do, you know, like oh, she was she was a bombshell, man. And I don't even remember her name, but she was awesome. And she was like, she's like, oh, well, you know, like I'm only here for the summertime. Have you ever thought about putting a portfolio together? And I was like, never even thought about it. You know, like I never, you know, I, I you know, I didn't have a portfolio. I didn't, I didn't even have a resume at the time. I was just, you know, a kid. And uh, and I was like, I'll put put a portfolio together. So yeah, I actually, I put a portfolio together from all my freshman year art classes. You know, what I mean, in high school, and I used to, I used to draw all these cartoons and such. And uh, so I did like a little cartoon skit at the end, where and it was like so. When I was a kid, I used to draw myself as I used to have this afro, and uh, <laughs> and uh, so it was funny. At the end of the uh, portfolio, it was a picture of you know me as a character with this giant afro, and it said, "You know, you want this." <laughs> <laughs> But that is creative. It was, it was funny. Like, well, it was, it was so funny. So I dropped off my portfolio and a resume, and you know, like, I thought I would say, like, you know, a couple months went by, and at this point, I was like getting actually angry. I was like, "Oh, you guys got my stuff," and like, blah blah blah. So I went in, and I was like, "Listen, I want my, I want my portfolio back." You know, like you guys had it way too long. They're like, "Oh, give us some time. Give us some time." And I think I got like a call two weeks later. I got hired. And uh, it was quite funny because, like, uh, my mom answered the phone. I think I was downstairs, and she was like, "Oh, there goes another, 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 another dream of Eric's," you know, like da da da. I was like, "I was like, what, what?" And she was like, "You got the job," and I was like, "Deal." And then, like, because it was so funny, because like, I was still, I was actually still teaching dance at the time too. So I don't know. I was, I was, I was back and forth, and yeah. So uh, I pretty much chose tattooing as like this is it. And that's when I got like, well, once, once I stopped. Dancing competitively for ballroom. That's when I was like, okay, this is it. I'm gonna get my throat tattooed. Boom. 
So, because I was like, there's a conversation with an old guy, and he was like, he's like, yeah, Willis, your shit's looking good. And I was like, when am I gonna tattoo you? He's like, I won't get tattooed by you. I was like, why not? He's like, getting a tattoo by you is like going to a dentist with no teeth. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, all right, check this out. So I got my third tattoo. So I was like, this is it. Like, I'm this is what I'm gonna do for forever. Say a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious now that it, it's your full-time thing, you do it on your terms. Clearly mm-hmm. you can create your own schedule and, and leave it for as long as you'd like and know that you can come back to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you kind of, have you paid attention to, to yourself in the sense of how do you schedule your day? I mean, do you, do you take your time in the mornings, for instance? Do you know that you need breaks during a certain time? I, I, I live a very, very structured life. Um, uh, <laughs> um, uh, basically in a sense, I would wake up at eight o'clock, uh, take my pre-walkout at 8.30, poop, 8.45, go to the gym at nine, um, gym starts at 9.45, well, 9.30, basically I finish up right around 10.30, head home, shower, eat, tattoo. And then depending on the day, um, depends on what I eat, depends on what food I got for the day. You know, uh, then I'll eat at 12 o'clock, eat at 3, 6, 9, damn she fine. Let me suck it to you one more time. <laughs> yeah, like, but every day is like very, very structured. So like, and it's funny, like some of the days where I don't even go to the gym, like my whole schedule is messed up. Like I don't eat breakfast at the right time. Like some days I don't even get to shower. Like I'm like, you know, like, I'll like, like, oh, I got all this time. Then like next thing you know, you're like, fuck, ah, uh, ah, uh, you know, like then, you know, like, so like, you know, you just put some deodorant on a brush of teeth and be on with it, you know, so but yeah, it's it's very. I mean, I, I'm I'm a lot of tattoo artists are very like kind of. I get. Not, I'm not gonna say a lot, but you know, like they don't care, like or whatever. You know, like I'm sure everybody has their own thing. But with me, it's very structured. Uh, I like the routine. I like the schedule. Um, uh, and because of that, you know, like when I do take off, then I can just take off. And but the only thing bad about that is you're just trying to keep keeping people happy, you know, and trying to like. To you know, meet the needs, I guess, or or the expectations of what I should be doing. In keeping yourself going all day long, can you kind of give us a breakdown? Like, what kind of pre workout are you taking? What are you eating? Then uh, you're. You say you eat before you go, and are you doing CrossFit every day? Yeah, you go I do to a CrossFit class. Every I do. Day? Uh, I do CrossFit at Old Line CrossFit in Savannah Park. What up, guys? Um, great gym. Um, great instructors. Way better than all the other ones. Just kidding. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, no, I love the guys. Uh, the CrossFit community is awesome. Um, I know. I know there are a lot of CrossFit haters out there. Um, uh, you can keep that to yourself, hater. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> did you surprise Sorry. yourself with that one? <laughs> I don't. I don't fucking know. Just stupid. <laughs> no, but I'm. Uh, I don't know. Like pre workout. Um, I switched to pre workout. Uh, it's. I don't know. Basically, in a sense, I think uh, every time I go to like to to GNC or whatever, like I'll get like different kinds. Um, uh, I think right now I'm using Shadow, I think which is like a one of those thermo ones where it like makes you hot, yeah, makes you sweaty. And you have I'm any like, idea what's in this stuff that you're taking? Nah, I don't right. care. GNC, yeah. the Wild Wild West. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it can't be that. Basically, it's just like a lot of caffeine and some stuff. I mean, I wouldn't fucking know. I don't know. I don't. Even, it's not like I read the instructions or labels. But you take it. You take a shit. You get jacked up. You eat before you go to CrossFit. No, no, I don't. Right? Okay. Uh, I like to call that um, um what is that called? Uh, fasted? Fasted, fasted cardio. Fasted cardio. <laughs> yeah, fasted cardio is good for like you know not eating and walking. Yeah, well, basically, I when I I used well, I've, been, I've been doing CrossFit for a while. So when I was jungle, went back when I was back in Pennsylvania, 
um, I would actually eat beforehand. But at that time, you know, it's it's very exhausting and CrossFit. Can, I mean, I if I eat beforehand, I have a good possibility of throwing up, and because uh, I go hard, you know. <laughs> no, but like, you know, it's like one of those things. Like you know, like you get into the class, you know, like depending on like what's in your system, you know, like you know, like you know, I would always be dry heaving, or you know, like depending on how, how hard you're going that day, you know, like uh, and you have like your some days where you're like kind of like schmucking it, you know, like oh whatever, I'm just here to move. And then you have some days where you're like, oh yeah, fucking. It's like you're trying, you're really going after it, and then you know, like you try to put it all out there. And honestly, I love it because like when you start your day off that crappy or that shitty, you know, like you've already put it out there, like. You, and then after that, like the rest of the day is like, oh, what do I have to do? Sit down? Yeah, I can do that. You know, mm-hmm. so I like yeah. CrossFit. And plus it's a group activity too. Like if it was, if it was by myself, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be able to do, I, w- I wouldn't push myself nearly at all. Well, yeah, the group keeps you going. Yeah, yeah, 100%. For sure. Yeah. You all suffer together, so it's great. So there's a, there's a couple questions from the group. Um, one of which is I read this from far away. I can relate to it in a, in a way. And you'll, I'm sure, have something to say about this in regards to me. Um, but I want to bring this one up. So this is from David Wilson in Pennsylvania. He says, I have awful skin. It's sensitive, but also covered in acne scars, um, including on my shoulders where I'd like to get something done. Any advice? So I bring this up for myself because on one of our first tattoos, Scare the shit my, out of skin, me. Yeah, my skin reacted really badly to red. It was yeah. like a specific red ink. <clears throat> well, reds, reds. Uh, most people, if, if anything, most people get all uh, allergic to the 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 red inks, uh, reds, browns, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I remember because like I remember when I tattooed you, and the you know the the skin was orange peel. It looked excellent, and then within like I guess like three days, it just like locked up, and it was just like what. And the, the, it was like open sores. Yeah, it was you, like open scabs. Well, you're you're one of two people that I know that actually heal like that. Yeah. And my, my boy Dan Gladfelt in Pennsylvania as well. Um, uh, he he's just like that. Like he's like a one or two pass type guy. And uh, but uh, yeah, once you actually you know lawn your clients, you know what I mean. Like like with you, like I was like so flabbergasted with that because like like the tattoo looked, you know, I'm, awesome. I'm not I'm not saying like oh I'm like so good, but like like when you do it and you're like yeah that's gonna heal good. And then, like, you heal, like, three days later. You're, like, I was, like, uber confident. Like, everything would be great. And then it was just, like, <laughs> you know, like, it, really, it really took the wind out of me. I was, like, I don't know what I did wrong. You know what I mean? And like, I don't what, think it was you. I think it was yeah, just the, yeah, way with the my ink. skin reacted. Yeah, but yeah. I was just, like, I was, like, oh, my God. You know, because, like, you sit there and, like, you know, everything you do, like, everything that I do, like, you know, like, the, the proof's in the pudding. You know what I mean? So, like, whatever tattoo, you know, the funny thing is, like, when you talk to, like, about good products and bad products, you know, you do good a good tattoo. Like you'll tell like ten people, fifteen people. You know, like you know, like you mess up somebody's tattoo. <laughs> Can you believe this? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like I'm fucking telling everybody. Right. You know, like I couldn't. You know, and it's it's it it's a lot of stressful. I mean, like that's it's a one and done thing. You know what I mean? So you can fix things, yes. But um, uh, the initial shock value is like, oh god, like what the hell? You know, like. But we worked around that. I mean, oh like, yeah, like 100%. I have, and now I I mean I have other probably mm-hmm. that same red. I have that. All mm-hmm. over, yeah. the Different parts of my tattoos. We figured that out. I but, don't know. Yeah, I think like I, I had a tattoo you differently too, as well, because like, I, I had a tattoo you at a higher amperage than I would normally tattoo other people. So, with that in mind, with someone who does have like bad acne um, or something like that, is that something that you would you would tell them to? No, you can get it done. You, you can get it done. done. Um, basically, in a sense, I'm, um, what I would say to that 
Um, uh, how um, uh, the only question I would have to really ask would be like, you know, like how how often does the acne like come back up? Um, is it a constant thing, or you're just dealing with scars like scars from when you were a child? Um, uh, the scars are there. Um, um, they will swell up more, but after the tattoo's healed, you know, you'd be good to go. Um, it's definitely good at uh, hiding blemishes in your skin. You know what I mean? Like the ink can do a lot for that. Um, unfortunately, if you, if you're prone to get a lot of acne still. Um, the you know the the pimples can come up and it will take away the color that's in that area so that's something you have to you know be prepared for you know so cool but so go, go at it you know like don't don't be afraid by it you know if you want it just get it done so David if you're listening go for it don't hold back um, <clears throat> so I I have a question for you and it's something that um, I've been curious about we we've touched on it before and maybe this is like a deep topic. Um, and you and I have had this conversation, not even in direct relation to you and me, mm-hmm. um, but it definitely is something that I that I think about when you and I work together. But we've talked about this just in regards to other people because through tattooing, you've made a lot of friends. You and yeah. I became friends because you know where I'm going with this. You and I became friends initially because we sat, we had all this time together. Mm-hmm. You were working on me, and at some point, there's this. I think. What feels like for me and probably feels like for you, there's this awkward balance of, okay, one, we're friends. Two, there's a working relationship. Mm-hmm. I like being friends, but I also want to work with you. Mm-hmm. And how? And I know you have a lot of friends like that. I and mean, there's a lot of people that you are now friends with. So how is how do you, as the tattoo artist, manage that balance? It, it, it's tricky. Cause, does that, you know, does like- that make sense, though? Yeah, it, it it's it's very tricky, um, especially uh, when you when you view. Um, I don't know. I, I I still have friends, and like I remember back in the day when I used to tattoo, and this is like way way back when. I mean, I would do tattoos for you know, uh, a case of beer and pizza, you know, and I and I'm like, and those were some of the best times in a sense. You know, like you just sit there and be like, "Fuck yeah, we're gonna drink some beer, fucking do some pizza, do some cool stuff." All right, you know, like that, like that at that time, that's all I needed, you know. Uh, it's it's quite amazing because as the older you get, the the less you need beer on pizza, and the more you need money because life's expensive. <laughs> but um, uh, it's 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 hard to manage it because you ha- you have some people that have been like, oh, I've known you for you know fifteen years, like I've known you, and it's like, like for instance, like well the thing where I just did that deposit thing, you know, like online, like oh hey guys, if you want to do, a, I mean, I'm gonna be away for a few months, you know, but if if you want to be like on the force on the list when I get back. You know, put down some deposits and you know you get to go. And I've had so many clients being like, "Have I ever not shown up for a tattoo?" And it's like, well, I'm just saying, like, because when I get back, it's gonna be a mishmash of shit. You know, so if you want to be on the list to be in front of it all, you know, put some money down. But you know, everybody has different ideas of how they should be treated. Um, it's it's, it's it is tricky because you know, obviously, I want to be friends with a lot of people. I w- I want people to like me. You know, I want people to be like, "Yeah, man, he's a cool dude." You know, small dick, but whatever. Um, uh, just kidding. <laughs> it's huge. Just kidding. <laughs> no, but like you know, obviously. So you want you want you know like the relationships. You know, like you know, like you want like the you know like when you see people out, and it's like you know, like I want the hugs. I want the like the haze. You know, like I want you know like you know. But it's tricky though too because you know like it does have to be professional. But I think one thing that I have realized over time is um, it is a temporary. It's a temporary thing. You know, what I mean, as in to the point is like I'm I'm there for a specific reason. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you do a sleeve, and you're like, you're like, you become such good friends with somebody. You know, like, uh, and it's like, and it's kind of bittersweet at the same time because you're like, you're really stoked on like the, all the work that you're doing, 
But once that sleeve's done, it's just like the last chapter in a book. It's put aside. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then like, I think the funny thing is like, so like I have to constantly remind myself like that, like, even though, yes, we like seem like we are friends and now this obviously isn't towards you or anything, but it's like to clients and it's like, yes, we are this and yes, we are that. But at the same time, you're using me for a specific skill. You're using me for a specific trait. And uh, actually, um, I was talking to one of my other friends, uh, Chris Allman. And uh, so he's a videographer and he does a lot of stuff. He does awesome work. I love him to death. And uh, we were talking about one thing. And uh, so uh, he told me this story about Pablo Picasso. And I don't even know if it's true or not, but it made, made a lot of sense. And it was so funny. So he's at this dinner party. And uh, they're like, John, you know, like, and this woman came up. She was like, oh, hey, you know, Pablo, you know, like, can you draw me a picture on this napkin? And so he's like, sure, whatever. Takes five minutes. I don't know, Pablo Picasso sucks, so I don't give a fuck. Like he was like, you know, he probably drew a horse or some shit with like <laughs> square fucking legs and no hooves. You're like, that's fucking hot. Anyway, um, um sorry, Pablo. Anyway, um uh, so he like draws this picture for this woman and she like reaches a hand out for it, and he was like, That'd be thirty thousand dollars. And it was funny because I never even thought about this and like when we had this conversation, and then like and she was like, But it only took you five minutes. He was like, You saw five minutes, it took me thirty years to get here. It's funny. I heard this exact story the other day, and I like like it was it was funny because like I don't want to be greedy, you know. Like, I want to be fair, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's like, dude, like I've dedicated a lot of my time for this. I've made a lot of sacrifices for this, you know. And that's and I think that's something that a lot of, I mean, I think if you're independent or if you're like uh, anything, you know, like you know, the road to the top is a lonely one. I know that's fucking so cliche, but you know, like the higher up you go, the lonelier it becomes, you know, and. uh I don't know. That's uh, I think you know, for people like that want to start tattooing or want to do anything, like like a lot of people see it as this like glamorous lifestyle, like oh well, blah blah blah. And it's like, you never saw that. You never saw like my, you know, like well, my ex. You know, she was like, oh, you got it so fucking easy. It's like, I was doing this for fourteen years. Like I, it, I, it, I, I, it took me, you know, fourteen years to build this up, and now I've been tattooing for shit. Like I don't know, eighteen years now. I've been tattooing for half my life. It's weird now because like when I tattoo these like little kids, and they're like, "Oh yeah, well you know my uncle or you know like this and that." Like that's how I got you. And I was like, "So I remember this one time I was, I was tattooing this kid named Brett, and his, his age was funny because he was like, he's like, he's like, oh how old are you? He's like twenty. And I was like, oh shit. And then you're tattooing and like twenty, minus twenty. That's I've been tattooing since you were six. Yeah. Wow. And you know, like, yeah. you know, like, you know, you think about it. And now you got like you know kids that are like they won't even kids. Mm-hmm. Before you're tattooing, it's it's kind of like I don't know, it's weird. Just the thought process of it, you know. Like I, I never, I never dreamed of tattooing this long, and now I'm just like, you know, got to keep going. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm super happy with it, you know. Now I'm just like, how long can it go? I'll go to my handshake. I'll go to my eyes go out. I don't care. Well, you should. Yeah. I mean, and you keep getting better. Yeah, I try. You do. I, well, it's progression. You have to. You it's, have it's, to, right. And you practice every day. Well, you see, you see a lot of artists. And, you know, it's, I, I think it's funny because, you know, like, like a lot of the old heads or whatever, they're like, oh, I've been tattooing for 20 plus years, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, that's crazy because it looks the same. Right. Well, you got to push yourself, right? <laughs> Not to talk shit, but I'm just saying, like, no, a lot of people, they, they, just they, being they, honest. they hit that plateau and then they, they don't, they don't battle and they don't, you know, excel. They don't do anything. And they're like, you know, I, th- I think that's happens with a lot of people. Like, once you actually start making money, you get comfortable in that money that you're making. You're like, well, shit, man, life's great. This is all I ever wanted. But you know, they they never really saw past the clouds. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
how can you just I don't know, you just gotta keep on going with it. But in Challenge that sense, yourself. in that sense, I think you are a risk a risk taker in that you're trying new things, you're trying new gear, you're trying new techniques, you're I think no one client is alike, right? Oh no, not at Even all. Even down a different skin. Oh, that's um, a huge difference. And you know, you you get pushed to new new in, into new territories all the time. So obviously, you keep getting better. So that's what is great to see mm-hmm. about your progression and about the fact that yeah, you've been doing this eighteen years, but it's not like you've been doing it stale. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. and you I don't think you've plateaued at all. I and I know that you you see other. You look and you go into other tattoo shops. You look and follow other tattoo artists. Oh, yeah. I would imagine you see shit that they do, and there's people that just like me watching other drummers or Justin in in his field, Jordan in his field. We mm. watch people all the time. We're like, damn, like I gotta get there. Yeah, you know, like I gotta get to that. I want to get well, to that. I always think it's funny, like I, you know, when you think about like everybody has an idea of like you know like well, just how you said like okay, you see that and be like I want to be like that guy or I want to be like that, and it's it's always funny like. Uh, like we should never limit ourselves to our heroes' accomplishments, you know what I mean? Or better yet, their failures. You're like, oh well, it didn't work for Einstein, so like it would never work with me. Like and I was like, screw that, you know? Like honestly, like if if you're thinking about it, you should t- constantly try to excel to that level. And then once you're at that level, you know, not to say step on them, but you know, like surpass it. You know, I see a lot of people when I pedal blast them. You know what I mean? You know, so it's like, like you know, like you can either, you know, like. You know, show the way. You know, lighten it up. You know, what I mean, just like you know, like you know, get there and then proceed on. You know, like so they they lit the way for you. Now you let the light the way for them. You know, it's it's a oh, what one of my favorite lines is like, if all the trees in the forest can grow tall together, why can't we? You know what I mean? So it's like you know, like just you have to just do it. Sure. You know? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. In the past, like ten minutes, man, you you've shared. A lot, especially for I the. I ramble, so I'm sorry. No, but but what my point is that you you've shared a lot uh, that was valuable, especially to the majority of people paying attention to this right now. Uh, a lot of people paying attention to us are creatives, and and money and and owning your value and being able to articulate and and ask for what you're worth. Uh, that's a real struggle for oh, yeah. uh, artists in particular. And and I think hearing that you have this awareness and this confidence in in not only your expertise based on how long you've been doing it, but the fact that you hold yourself to a high standard and, and you look to others that are doing it at a high level and have this expectation of yourself. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you're able to communicate that to the customer. I think it's funny. I'm a, I think a lot of times as artists or and just in general, like I think a lot of people try to take advantage of the situation. Um, if you look at any like major companies, like uh, okay, I'm not gonna say any names, but companies, like so you have like corporations, you know, like you have employees, and you have this, and you have that, and it's it's all a number game, you know what I mean? Now, if you have a successful number, and you know you got a, like a, a a ripe young kid flush out of college, you know they'll take the lower position, you know what I mean? And basically, in a sense, like nobody really plans on this, like they'll walk you till you no longer walk anymore. And it doesn't matter because, you know, in, in the next four years, on the next year, you have graduating seniors come out and then they're like, oh, well, you don't want to do it? Fine, I got this girl. She just came out. She's willing to do anything. And, you know, and we're willing to do so much. And then you got to get to the point too, like as an artist, you know, like, okay, oh, well, they don't want to give me this. So I was like, all right, we fuck off then. Like, like you, you, you need this. Like, this is your job. This is, this is your everything. Like, so your everything... It's 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 a it's a judge of character as well. I, I believe, you know. What I mean, like it's like all right. Well, you should know what you should give. Oh, what is it? I'm not sure if I should knock down your. 
I'm not sure if I should knock down your door or on it. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things where you put yourself in a position and you're like, you know, like, you know, you could you could tap on a window, you could throw a rock through a window, or you could open it. You know what I mean? And it's so many times like though I, I don't know, it's just like I'm a you have to know what you're worth, what you value yourself at. And if you're not willing to give yourself uh, or just the idea of believing, you know, like we have so many different things to believe in in this world, you know, and it's it's unfortunate that most people don't believe in themselves and they leave themselves in that position where it's like, oh, well, I wish I could, but. No, you can, but. You know what I mean? Like, so like, go. What do you believe in? Ah. Uh, as in, as in what? There's a lot. There's in, ge a lot of in general, just like having the experience that you've had in this life, it's a very unique one relative to the average human being. I, I would have to say, um, whatever you want to do. I mean, obviously, life has a lot of phases. So, um, and none of them last forever. So, do it until you're done with it, and then find the next step. You know, like if, if you know, like I like. For instance, if you want to talk about failure, you know, like failure is one of the key, one of the biggest keys to success. You know, so if if like uh, Vinny Vegas, mm -hmm. then I was like, I was like, uh, failure is key to succeed or something like that. That was a pretty good line. Um, um, but um, I don't know, like um, uh, do something until you're no longer satisfied doing it, and then pick the next thing, and then do something and do that until you know you you no longer want to do it or feel the need to do it, or you know, like. You know, finding purpose. Like, what? What's what's the main goal? What's the end goal? You know, like what? What are you even doing it for? You know, you have to constantly ask yourself that. Times I have to ask myself all the time too, as well. It's like, oh, well, why am I walking? You know, like I don't need to walk seven days a week, but why? It's like, all right, well, nobody else is gonna be able to do this. No, there's nobody else but you. Might as well keep it like, like, and I don't, I don't have a family or kids, but you know, like I have like, you know, my friends have kids. My brother has brothers have kids. I want them to see like, well, shit, you know, Uncle Eric did this. Fuck yeah, I did. So can you. You know, so whatever. That was like a, a figurative speech that I had with my kids. No, that was great. <laughs> Uncle Eric did it. <laughs> I think, no, I think that's great. And it's nice to hear this from you because I, I, don't, I don't know if it's been as profound in the conversations we've had before as, as it has been the way that you've expressed it today. Um, and it's been a bit since you and I have had like a deep conversation. Typically, yeah. that occurs when you're fucking hurting me um, <laughs> for the sake of uh, artwork. Mm. But it's nice to hear this stuff for sure. And I, I mean that that in particular, I think that's a good place for us to kind of wind this down. Honestly, yeah. that that hopefully to our listeners, you took that not with a grain of salt. Take that seriously because you can do what you want to do. And don't listen to the education system. <laughs> we could talk about that for another hour. I know. I, know. I, I could just roll. Yeah. So. Um, so as we start to close this down, um, I want to acknowledge a couple questions from the Facebook group. Okay. Uh, so one uh, with Elishon from uh, Cincinnati, uh, we, we touched on on the topic of just you meeting and working with friends. Uh, but Elishon and also I think you pronounce Werner from the Netherlands are both asking, uh, do you have a, a most memorable or favorite experience or tattoo? Ooh, favorite tattoo? That you've given or the experience of providing the service of a tattoo. Right. Hands down, the first thing that comes to mind is a boy named Mark Wilson. Mark Wilson is like some type of accountant guy. He lives in Wisconsin now. Uh, so... 
what we tattooed on Mark was, uh, I guess, the brig or the rig. It was a treehouse. And I'll always remember this tattoo because I like emotional tattoos and that was something from his like childhood and everything. But um, so we did, did a tattoo of the treehouse. We did this whole like from knee down sleeve and uh, under the treehouse it said, don't forget your roots. And uh, to me, that was awesome. And we also tattooed a dartboard on him and then we went to the bar and then I beat him in darts, which was a bad experience. <laughs> so I can't hate that at all. But yeah, that'll, that'll always be a memorable tattoo for me. I enjoy that. It's funny. I thought you were going to say the Mark Ryden tattoos. Oh, yeah, that meat show. Yeah, that's on uh, Seth. He's a good dude. I haven't seen him in ages. See? Yeah, that's another Friends. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Uh, also, uh, Mark Wilson also has a lot of MC Eshel pieces, which is extremely difficult to tattoo. Uh, but yeah, he's got a lot of cool stuff. I like him. He's a good dude. Good dude. Good to his wedding next year. That's cool that you can recall that out of everybody you've worked with to so quickly have something like that. That's great. Well, it's, it's a question that's asked often, but like hands down, like when it comes to it, it's like, you know, like the treehouse tattoo, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like no place you'd rather be. Actually, um, uh, out of student loans and treehouse homes, I think we'd all choose the lateral. Oh, there you go. 21, 21 pilots. pilots. Yep. It's always in my head, man. Just goes constantly. <laughs> that's right. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, <that's great. laughs> Cool, man. Uh, I think this kind of brings us to the end of the conversation. Oh, yeah. Good work, my friend. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. First man. one awesome. in the books. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank so, you for coming. Do you typically do press in any sort of way to promote your business? No, I haven't. I haven't even had business calls in over ten years. But the work speaks for itself. Yeah, I mean, like not that. I mean, it's just word of mouth too, as well. But you know, like I, I don't know. I'm, um, I don't do much press. I mean, I have a simple Facebook page. Uh, I do the Instagram thing. Um, um, I just try and keep up with it, you know, keep pushing. Uh, there's a lot of people out there, so it's like, gotta, you know, I just enjoy it, you know, so, yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks for coming over and thanks for sharing oh, your story. No problem at all. No problem at all. So it is Drilled by Willis on Facebook and Instagram, yep. correct? Okay, yep. so that's where the listeners from all over the world can connect with you. Uh, and especially just to see the the artwork that you're doing, definitely, definitely, um, yeah. Through your through your tattoo artistry, I will have to say most of the uh, the newer posts would be on the Instagram, cause just because it's easier to load. So that'd be good. Awesome. Uh, so this brings us, my friends, to the close of episode 44 of the Chocolate Croissants podcast. As always, we are very grateful of your support, of your attention. It truly means a lot to us. Uh, if you found value in this episode. If you found uh, enjoyment in this episode, uh, we have, hey, 43 other episodes. If this is your first time stopping in with us, uh, the easiest way to do it, open up your podcast app, search Chocolate Croissants and hit the subscribe button. That way, every late Sunday night, early Monday morning, if you're connected to Wi-Fi, it will automatically download. That way, when you take the commute to work or go to the gym, you don't have to use any data to listen to these episodes. Also, iTunes, that's where you can rate and review Chocolate Croissants. That helps us a lot and puts us in front of uh, eyeballs that typically wouldn't be aware of what we're doing over here. Lastly, the Facebook group. Uh, we had a bunch of people, dude, all the way from the Netherlands asking Eric uh, Willis some questions tonight. I do tattoo some people from Norway. That's cool. There we go. We <laughs> do. I think we have some people from Norway too over there. Yeah, we do. It's truly a, an international community at the Chocolate Croissants Facebook group. Uh, join us. It's private. That way uh, the conversations can uh, be, I think, more engaging. But if you're interested, Chocolate Croissants uh, at facebook.com slash groups slash Chocolate Croissants. Uh, we will accept you. And as I said earlier, there's like almost 1,600 people in there. And uh, it's been cool. 
It's pretty sweet. Every Thank day, uh, things are going on in there. Uh, that's it. 45 is next week. That seems like a, like a nice round number. Does, mm-hmm. We're getting close to 50. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. That's a thing. I think next week, if we can line it up time-wise, I think we're going to have uh, Matt Rosenblum, who is Periphery's tour manager, works with bands like The Used and Sayasin and a whole bunch of other people. Um, he's got some great experience. And he has a great tattoo of, um, I don't know if he wants me to share this, but fuck it, of Ben Weinman from the Dillinger Escape Plan. He has his face tattooed on his leg. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's a, that's a good one. And he's got some other funny ones. I think he's got something on his ass, too. Holy shit. Uh, so the first thing I would want to ask him is, is it Seosin or is it Seosin? Seosin. I can tell you that. We will dig that into that in episode <laughs> 45. I have my reasons. Uh, Matthew, thank you for coming over. Justin, thank you for coming over. Eric Willis, drooled. Bye, Willis. Thank you for coming over. No problem at all. Thank you. And to you listening uh, to episode 44, uh, we thank you as well. Uh, This is the end. Oh, oh, by the way, shout out to Reckless Steve. What a fucking guy, right? Aye, aye. Uh, He really puts the Steve in Reckless Steve. (laughs) (laughs) I think you, instead of a bye-bye tonight, you should bid them a a doo-doo. No. We'll see you guys in the Facebook group and uh, here next week on episode 45. Until then, I bid you a do-do-do and a bye-bye. Whoa, false alarm. Uh, Jordan, one last time, very briefly, uh, because I want to give some love to Nata Tattoo. They came back as a sponsor and will be for the next few episodes. And we find it very gratifying to meet companies and people out in the world that we respect uh, and to find that they find value in what we do here at Chocolate Croissants, uh, enough to throw up some money to partner with us. Uh, Full disclosure, all the money that we receive is invested right back into this project. And right now the big initiatives for us are building and launching a new website and getting everything onto YouTube. This takes time, this takes money, and that's why we are doing this. Uh, Nata Tattoo, they are a great company and I'd kindly encourage you to check them out online. URL NAT-A-T-A-T and the number 2.com or simply Google them. Uh, And if you find any interest in their products, then use CHOCOLATE25, CHOCOLATE in all caps, followed by the numbers 25 at checkout for 25% off anything at the Nata Tattoo website. Uh, One last time, I want to thank Eric Willis. He was a very engaging, funny, and inspiring guest. Uh, Drilled by Willis is his deal online as well. So Nata Tattoo, Drilled by Willis, and hey, Road Microphones, much love to them as well. Check them all out online. We will see you in the Facebook group and next week on the podcast app of your choice. Until then, for the final time, (sighs) bye-bye.